The Sport Industry Access Podcast, Episode 79. How important is customer relationship management in the sports industry? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. If you haven't already, today sign up to my free sports career course, where in seven days I explain from my two years of experience how you can pursue a career in the sports industry after university. So go to education2sport.com and sign up today. Now, as always, my goal each week is to interview a special guest who is a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in sports. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Fiona Green. Fiona has over 25 years of experience working in sports marketing, and currently she is the co-founder at Winners where she specialises in customer relationship management to support her clients with the use of data so they can capitalise on opportunities in the sports industry. I can happily say that I'm very fascinated about Fiona's line of work and it's great to have her as a special guest on the show. That's why in today's episode, Fiona will share her sports career journey and explain to you the importance of customer relationship management in the sports industry. Fiona, it's great to have you on the show. Please, can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? It's me. I'm 51 years old, Ed, so I don't think your listeners have got enough time to hear all of it. But it started um, when I was in my 20s and I started working for a football club, a local football club, the um, oldest football league club in the world. It's a trivial pursuit question, Ed. Do you know the answer? I'm going to say Fulham. Not bad, though. It's Notts County Football Club. We were a founding member of the Football League. Anyway, um, I started there, moved from there to the 1994 FIFA World Cup. From the 1994 FIFA World Cup, came back to the UK for Euro 96. I then um, went over to Switzerland and worked on um, France 98 and Euro 2000 and was starting to work on Japan Korea 2002 and I went self. Uh, sorry, I came back to the UK, and it's an interesting story. The organisation I worked for in Switzerland is called ISL. You may not have heard of it, but sort of twenty ten years ago, it was a competitor to IMG, one of the biggest agencies out there. But it went spectacularly bust, owing forty five million Swiss francs to FIFA, and it's um, the subject matter of uh, Panorama programmes and books, etc. So after that, I came back to the UK. I worked for an organisation that had the digital rights for Manchester United and Arsenal. Um, we then went. I went then to work at an organisation that represented the, what was then the G8, the eight most powerful football clubs in Europe. And I then went self-employed and uh, was doing rights representation. Well, that lasted for about ten years, and then six years ago, I moved into the field I am in now, which is the use of data 
for business intelligence and targeted marketing. But it's always been within the sports industry. And I guess about 60% of my work has always been within football. I find this really interesting, Fiona. Would you mind explaining to listeners your academic background? Yeah, so I always say don't do what I did. Um, I We were in a different era 30 years ago, and there wasn't as much competition. There wasn't as much relevance to academic qualifications. I literally was a salesperson and got a job selling advertising in a football club and managed to work my way up. I, I'm not an academic. I didn't go to university. So I was lucky. Um, I've worked incredibly hard and I've managed to stay um, on top of my game. But it was a very different time. So when I advise people looking to get into the sports industry now, I say don't do what I did. The digital world provides you with so many more opportunities than I had, but qualifications and demonstrating how focused you can be when it comes to academic work is is a massive divider in today's employment market. Out of interest, how have you seen the football industry develop looking back now? Oh, my goodness me. There are so many ways in which it's developed. We've become more like businesses than um, football clubs, for example. Just one tiny example is you know, conference and banqueting. It's now a standalone department. It's a business unit. It's about turning all the exec boxes and the meeting rooms in a football stadium into a 364-day-a-year business, 365 days a year if you're going to do bar mitzvahs on Christmas Day. Um, but back in my time, it was 24 days of home matches, and that was the use of the, the banqueting suites. That's a massive change. So everything's changed, no matter what the digital world has done. Fans care about their clubs 365 days a year. We only used to interact with them 24 days a year. They'd come to the stadium, we'd print a programme, we'd entertain them. If they happened to phone us or happened to visit the stadium in between, that would be it. But now it's 365 days a year. Fans want to engage. They want information. They want to show you their love and they want you to show them it back. Just relating to the core skills in working in the football industry, I know there's a lot of listeners listening in who'd love to work in football. How competitive is it to make it a reality from a job perspective? Well, I'd like to suggest that it's as competitive as getting a job in any field. But I would say that um, the sports industry has this allure. It has this um, excitement. For me, it, you know, I love working in it because you know, it's an industry where we can generate passion and tears, where people will cry with joy and cry with happiness. And there are other industries, particularly in the charitable sector and maybe to a degree in the entertainment sector, but none that has that core, raw, tribal passion. Um, and that sets, sets the industry apart. So in my field, which I've already mentioned is CRM and, and business intelligence, you think about, I don't know, Vodafone, you think about Barclays Bank, they wake up, their executives wake up every morning and they say, how do I stop Vodafone customers from switching to E? How do I stop Barclays customers from switching to um, HSBC? The people that work at Real Madrid or Liverpool Football Club don't have to think about that. Liverpool fans are not going to become Man United fans. Real fans are not going to become Barcelona fans. Of course, they've got different challenges. But that in itself um, sets it apart. That means we have something unique. We have something special. And for that reason, it's competitive to get in. But if you do a good job, if you um, work well, work hard, work smart, 
then there's so much scope for development within the sports industry or the football industry. You can make it a career for life. What you're talking about really relates to today's main topic. How important is customer relationship management in the sports industry as a whole? It's incredibly important. It's it's as important in the sports industry as it is in every other industry. And when you look at businesses like um, Amazon and lastminute.com and eBay, it's been, they've been very fortunate. They, they grew up in the digital world like you, you know, um, whereas football clubs grew up 100 years ago or 50 years ago, or 150 years ago in the case of Notts County. So they've had to learn how important it is, whereas Amazon knew at the beginning. But there's a reason those businesses are so successful. It's because they make the customer experience fun, easy. They know what the customers are interested in and they give it to them. And unfortunately, the sports industry or the football industry, we've been a bit slow to appreciate that. And it's not our fault. It's not the sports industry's fault. It's not the football club's fault. It's because for 100 years or 50 years or 150 years, people have just come. We've opened our gates and the fans have come. Now they have more choice, less time. They demand more. It's a different generation. You're used to personalization. You're used to getting what you want within eight seconds. So the difference is these days, football fans are used to getting what they want. They're used to digital companies being able to predict what they're interested in, serve what they're interested in. And the football industry, unfortunately, has to learn how to do that as well. And we've been slow to take up that lesson. So what inspired you to set up your own company? Uh, I've actually got quite a long story there. And I don't want to take up a lot of your uh, listeners' time. But it all relates to uh, a gentleman, an individual called Stuart Dalrymple, who's unfortunately no longer with us, but was, in my opinion, a visionary in this world when 15 years ago, he saw the need for sports clubs to know more about their fans. And he set up an organisation called Goodform. And Goodform today is still one of our competitors, along with um, our other competitors. So I was fortunate enough to know Stuart Dalrymple, fortunate enough to enter into a working relationship with him. Um, but unfortunately, um, his time was cut short. But the company's still around. Uh, but, but he was the person who brought me into it. What I can say is, had I known... 15, 20, 30 years ago when I started what I know now, I'd have earned a lot more commission because um, the power of data to support business um, objectives within the sports environment is so strong. Um, We're actually in the process of writing a book. We've been commissioned to write a book by Routledge. We haven't yet started promoting it, but we were thinking about the title and um, it hasn't yet been confirmed. But one of my colleagues in the office came up with an incredible title, How to Win When You're Not Winning. Because the principle is when you're winning, you don't need any of this. Fans come, shirts are purchased, broadcasters show your matches. But when you can't control what's happening on the field, as most of us can't, and when you're not winning, when you're not qualifying, that's when you need to ensure that you've got other strategies and mechanisms to continue that level of natural engagement with the fans. Sounds a really exciting book. Would you mind explaining to the listeners what the, your company is about, just for a little insight for them? Now, what we need to be clear about is our company doesn't use data for performance. So I don't know if you know the film Moneyball. Yes. Okay, so that's the use of data for performance. That's been going on for quite a while, 30 years or so. But the use of data for making business decisions, supporting business decisions, And um, implementing targeted marketing is the area that we specialize in. And this is the area that's relatively new to the sports industry. 
and relatively new to organizations in other industries as well. And it's all thanks to the internet or because of the internet, depending on which way you want to look at it. So the internet, the digital world, generates tons of data that we've never previously had access to. So our company helps organizations how to understand how to optimize that, sell more, engage more, and get more people playing their sport. Out of interest, what have you been up to recently? Well, we're very fortunate. We've got a wide range of clients, one of which is UEFA. And through our UEFA work, we actually work across their 55 member nations. So I can't even tell you how many countries I've been in in the last three months, but we've visited about 49 of UEFA's 54 countries in the last three years, delivered workshops and delivered projects. Of course, um, we've also got other clients. So under Special Olympics, we've been to South Africa and Singapore. Um, We've had a wonderful session with Team Sky in Hamburg recently, where they were helping their partners, their sponsors, understand how Team Sky's digital assets and their data can be used to support their sponsorships and partnerships. So we've done We've done an awful lot of everything. Fiona, just on a personal note, what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career journey looking back now? When you work in, I'm sure this is the case in other industries, but you meet really nice people in the sports industry and you meet people with a lot of passion. And that passion is worth more than anything. It's that, and I, and I, have, I have spades of this in my team, thanks to the wonderful employees we have. They go the extra mile. They're not nine to five as the sports industry isn't nine to five. They go the extra mile. They're interested in doing what's right, what's best, what will help. Um, and I think that, that you know, seeing that level of passion um, has been wonderful and continues to excite me and inspire me. I've literally just come off a phone call with um, the Danish Football Federation, speaking to a lady I've never spoken to before. And again, the passion coming through her voice when she talked, it's just wonderful to be a part of. I think you've highlighted a really important point to the listeners. That passion is so important if you want to work in this industry. Fiona, I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university sports students who want to pursue a career in the sports industry? Use the digital world to help you get ahead. Start writing blogs, start commenting on other people's blogs. Use your LinkedIn, use your social channels, look for people that you want to follow that inspire you or you believe can help you get to where you want to be and interact with them. Start with retweeting them, liking them, then start actually posing questions to them. Um, that, that'll help you get ahead, help you get your head above the power pit. And if you're good with words, start writing your own blogs as well. There's lots of channels out there. You can set up your own on an easy to use WordPress site or you can post them on other sites. But start using that. It's a it's a hard industry to get into because of the demand. But once you're in there and you work hard, um, you'll stay there. So the key is doing whatever you can to get your foot in the door. And thankfully, the digital world enables you to do that. Fiona, that is great. And I really do hope the listeners take that on board. How can people interact with you online? So um, send me a LinkedIn contact request. So you have my own Twitter account as well, at Fiona Green 66 I also will um, allocate time to any students looking to get into this industry who want to share some time with me. I like it to be done as efficiently as possible, though. So um, in the same way that you've done, Ed, you've given me a sort of a preview of what we're going to talk about. And then you've actually got into my diary with some a ring fence time slot. I'm happy to do that with any students who feel that they can benefit from talking with me. 
Fiona, that is great. To all the listeners listening in, all those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Fiona, it's been an absolute privilege speaking with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed for including me, Ad. I appreciate it. What a fascinating interview by Fiona. And I really do hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. For me, what I love about the work I do is when I speak to people who have got that authentic experience when working in the sports industry, especially in this case, in the football industry as well. With Fiona having 30 years, I hope now you've got a better understanding how, one, the football industry has developed, two, how the sports industry is still growing and where there's still opportunity with, in this case, the use of data. It's still being an area where people are just applying new elements of data where it can improve their performance. So for me, And for you, I hope now you've got a better understanding that you can now provide value in this industry going forward, but there's still great opportunities, which creates that unknown of opportunity, which I think is fantastic to any industry, but especially in sports. So I really do hope from an employment point of view, you took on board what Fiona said during our chat and apply it to your sports career journey going forward. And good luck. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Fiona said the sports industry isn't nine to five. You've got to go that extra mile by showing your passion so you get your foot in the door. 